Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Have you ever called 911? No? Well, what about 211? In many states, 211 is a shortcut to the kind of help that's slightly less urgent, but no less important. Dialing 211 cuts through what often feels like a maze of health and human service agencies. People who call it get referred to the places that will help them the most efficiently. For researchers at Washington University, though, 211 is good for more than just referrals. It's also a valuable source of data. It provides the basis for the university's 211 Counts project, and also a new layer they added earlier this year to examine the impact of the pandemic, and that is called Focus 19. And joining us today to talk about these two related projects and the 211 system is Matt Kruder. He is a professor of public health at Washington University. Matt, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Sarah. So you've been using 211 calls as a source for a while now. What first got you interested in this data set? Uh, actually, I remember being in a meeting at the Missouri Foundation for Health, and um, at the time, this was like 13 or 14 years ago, and at the time they were hearing um, a proposal about bringing this 211 service to the St. Louis region and to Missouri, um, and uh, I was just so blown away by the idea that um, you know this single stop um, that was as easy as dialing three digits um, could be available as a resource to people in our community. And we've been partnering with 211s locally and across the U.S. ever since then. And it's, it's really a, a remarkable resource. So what do you do with that data um, once you get your hands on it? So we currently work with um, 36 states. And these 211s, um, they're talking to folks by the thousands um, in every state every day, and they are recording what people need, what people are asking about. And so we get daily updates um, from these 36 states, and we are trying to take that information and liberate it, if you will, and, and make it known to local decision makers and leaders um, and philanthropies so that um, as we allocate resources and decide what community priorities are, we can do so you know, with some, some data driving uh, what folks in communities across the U.S. need. Have you been able to get decision makers to pay attention to um, the, the way you've crunched this data? Well, I'd say you know, the evidence that we have so far is anecdotal, but we have some really um, interesting um, and uh, encouraging stories from across the U.S. where legislators have actually used data from this um, dashboard to justify policies. Um, you know, at one example is in Connecticut that will provide um, uh, support for those who can't pay um, their water bills, and there was no real local resource to help that. And there are other stories like that from across the U.S. So yes, I mean, people are using it, and it is influencing policies and the sort of aid that's available to um, vulnerable Americans. Hmm. So is the number one way that it's useful is, is in finding the gaps where people are not currently being served? Or is it also, oh, hey, we're seeing a real spike in this thing. And, and yes, we're handling it. We may not be able to handle it much longer. I think it's, it's, it's all of those things, Sarah. So, um, you know, one of the benefits that you get with a, a surveillance system that's updated daily is you can see when there are departures from the norm. Hmm. And this is one of the things that happened in the case of COVID, where um, literally within days of um, the World Health Organization declaring um, uh, a pandemic back on March 11th, 
we saw increases of almost 500% in requests to 211 for, um, for food pantries and mm-hmm. for diapers and for um, toilet paper and, and things like that. So you definitely can pick up almost immediately signals um, of where there are spikes in need. And the other piece of this that's so important is that 211 um, captures these data at a highly local level. So we know what's happening at specific zip codes on specific days, and that's really unique. I understand that one of the things that you spotted long before um, it came to the public consciousness was the Flint water crisis. How did that manifest itself in this 211 data? So um, it's a great story. So um, the 211 in Michigan had been receiving calls from concerned citizens in Flint, and so they created um, within their 211 some categories um, to capture these concerns. And sure enough, we were able to see really months before this became a national story, this, um, you know, this growing uh, demand for um, you know, help with these water-related issues in Flint. I would say going back even, even earlier than that, um, we had uh, one of our um, colleagues, Dr. Karishma Furtado, who looked at some data from the, um, from the early stages of the housing mortgage crisis in 2007, 2008, and she could see, she found nine months in advance of the, of the crisis really exploding, these increases in people calling for mortgage assistance and decreases simultaneously in people calling about um, home improvement needs. So people were sort of divesting in their homes and looking for help paying for the mortgages. So there's no question that, um, that, that these 211s catch very early warning signs flags, if you will, of um, pending concern. Wow, that's that's so interesting. It, this seems like one of these data sources that um, that we should be looking at so much more closely instead of, say, the stock market. We're always judging how the economy is doing based on whether these stocks are up. Yet this seems like it, it's much more connected to how real people live. Well, I think it is the closest thing that we have in the U.S. to a surveillance system of the day-to-day needs of, um, of many Americans, certainly of vulnerable Americans. Hmm. We're talking today to Matthew Kruder. He's a professor of public health at Washington University, and he's talking to us about the two projects they have that use this 211 data. Uh, the first one is 211 Counts, and this has been going on for years now, examining this uh, surveillance system. And I know, Matt, as you mentioned, since COVID-19, you have expanded to this new layer. You call this Focus 19. How is this different than just looking at the needs that are happening in St. Louis in real time? So we were, um, we were seeing, as I mentioned before, we were seeing these dramatic increases in a lot of social needs um, in the early stages of the pandemic. And we felt really, I think, a responsibility to share this information in a timely way with um, local leaders and communities so that they could understand not just what the magnitude of this impact was, but trying to you know, maybe get behind just the numbers and the need to try to explain some of it. So in addition to simply reporting how much um, needs for rent or utilities or food um, have increased, um, looking at how those are associated with local policies, for example, around um, eviction protection or around uh, uh, um, not disconnecting utility services, 
um, also to other things like unemployment claims or um, labor statistics to see that it's, these things aren't happening by uh, coincidence within communities. There are real drivers to this that, um, you know, that, that communities can address. Hmm. And is the goal then to make that data set something that will make sense even to people who don't have your level of training, that we can look at this and see um, how these impacts are playing out? Well, we hope to do that. So we've, we've created, um, through this Focus 19 initiative now, over 70 reports. They're very short. They're about a paragraph each, and they include kind of one or, or a few um, key data graphics. And they're meant to be very accessible. They're not, this is not a product for other scientists. It's really a product for lay people and community leaders. Hmm. I understand in just the last week, um, you and others at the Brown School's Health Communication Research Research Laboratory, that's quite a mouthful of a name right there, uh, you spun off a St. Louis-centric version of these reports. Uh, What are you seeing in terms of some of the local trends that, that stand out to you on this? So I would say we're very early on in this endeavor. We have um, generated now, I believe, three um, St. Louis-specific reports. So, um, so we're we're really excited about making this um, uh, local. But um, as an example, in um, this is maybe beyond just the St. Louis area, but um, Missouri in general, um, we looked at um, the relationship between unemployment claims and rent assistance requests. And in fact, um, you find exactly what you would expect to find, that places um, where there are more unemployment, more new unemployment claims, there are also more rent assistance requests that, um, that 211s are receiving. We've also looked at electric bill um, payment uh, requests to 211s, and those have really skyrocketed since uh, Ameren uh, suspended its disconnection uh, prevention Notice So another link between policies and the needs of individuals. And we're also looking at transportation. It's interesting, um, you know, there's a lot of demand for um, transportation, people who need help getting to doctor's offices or getting um, to work, and they just, they just can't afford it. Um, those really dropped off in the early days of COVID. People mm-hmm. didn't want to be around crowds. They're now coming, they're now increasing again, but the way they're increasing is different. Um, those who are in more densely urban areas are really looking for help with public transportation passes and vouchers and things like that, while people in outlying areas tend to have cars, but they can't pay to operate their cars. They um, need repairs or they need fuel, and so they need assistance just to carry out their daily activities. Wow, Matt, this is just a lot of sobering stuff. And I imagine I'm just feeling a small fraction of of what you feel as you're looking at the volume of reports. I'm almost afraid to ask you this, but overall, how bad is America doing right now from these 36 states? If you measure measure it based upon um, the demand uh, or the needs, we're twice as high as we were over the same period um, a year prior and even in 2020 prior to the pandemic. And that's down. There were times when it was you know, 300% uh, higher. Just to put that in some perspective, it's not just that you're getting you know, twice as many calls as you used to. Every one of those calls is somebody who needs help. They're getting referred to agencies that do not have, uh, you know, an endless supply of resources and assistance. There's just far more demand for help right now than there actually is in most communities, and we're going to have to be a lot smarter and more efficient in 
how we allocate this, and that's where I think um, information like this, as um, you know, as as sad as it is to see, can be helpful and can help um, hopefully direct resources in a in an optimal way. Hmm. I understand United Way is is a key partner in all of this. In the St. Louis region, they manage all of this two one one call activity. Have they been interested in all the data that you're gathering? Oh goodness, yes. And you know, I, I probably haven't. Um, said enough about United Way of Greater St. Louis. I mean, we're not, we're not here today. We're not doing any of these projects without their um, partnership and um, commitment over, you know, well over a decade. And um, actually, 211s across the country are overwhelmingly run by or through or funded by United Ways. So, so United Ways and 211s are really, they're the backbone of all of this. We, we just um, are fortunate to be able to partner with them and try to bring about um, community improvement um, with, uh, with their help. Okay. Well, you've been looking at 211 counts for a while now. You have this new Focus 19. This sounds like a, a great project. Do you see any future expansions? Are you busy enough with, with what you've got on your plate right now? Well, actually, you know, there, there are still about a dozen states out there that are not yet um, participating in this system. And, you know, we expect that um, in time they will come along. And then you know, to have a national dashboard that um, allows um, leaders at every level of government and um, in, in um, service organizations and philanthropies to be able to get really reliable, up-to-the-moment data about what's happening in their communities, I think is going to be a tremendous resource. Um, and I think that um, 211s and United Ways are going to, um, they're just positioned so well to be um, part of a new kind of uh, uh, you know, data-driven approach to community improvement and social services in the years ahead. Well, you've certainly made a very persuasive case here. I, I find myself thinking, yeah, this is the greatest system. Why don't these other states get on board with this? I also want to say, for people who are interested in this data, you mentioned that this is meant to make sense to the layman. Where should people go if they want to see what you're describing so well here? If you want to see any of the state dashboards, including the Missouri dashboard, um, you just go to 211 Counts and click on Missouri. Um, if you want to see the Focus 19 reports, um, if you again, if you if you Google Focus 19, um, uh, Washington University, it should take you right there. Well, that's great. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend people check this out. If you didn't catch all of that from Matt, we'll make sure we have that on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org and a link that'll take you right there. Uh, so Matt Kruder of Washington University, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Sarah, thanks for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.